Well, friends, it is good to be with you on a Friday. You are listening to Radio Pulpit 657 AM and Radio Cape Pulpit 729 AM with me, Mark Penrith, your host. Who am I, you might ask? I am the husband of one wife, Liesl, probably listening in right now, the father of Caitlin, Catherine, and Thomas. They're all on holiday. I'm like picturing them sitting in the lounge right now, all huddled around the radio, uh, listening to Dad. <laughs> That's probably not happening. Um, and I'm a pastor at Central Baptist Church in Pretoria. Shout out to everyone listening in from Arcadia and Zwavelput, where we have campuses as well as people tuning in from all over the country. One of the joys of Radio Pulpit is knowing that we are listening. Uh, we have listeners that are faithfully listening in from all over the country, whether you are in Cape Town or whether you are in Vitbank, It is good to be with you this morning. Um, Table Talk is also podcasted. I don't know if that is the <laughs> the right way to say that. It is podcast. You can check out rono.fm or Apple Podcast to listen, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you to all those who called in with questions last week um, as we spoke about expository preaching. It was great to be with you and as we engaged with Tommy van der Velt. I do want to thank all the listeners um, who do engage in questions and answers. This week, I'm hoping we have tons. I've got a friend of mine, Joel James, from a church called Grace Fellowship, and we will be talking on a wide range of topics. So looking forward to some engagements with you. I do see already uh, Penny Strait uh, says, good morning, Mark. Great to see you and your guests. Looking forward to another great show. Thank you, Penny. You are the first commenter on Facebook this morning. Well done for getting it in first. How can you join the conversation? Let me tell you right up front how you can get involved in engaging on the show over the next two hours. You can phone into studio is on the controls this morning making sure that the Starship Enterprise flies in a straight direction. He is waiting to take your call. The telephone number is get your pen and paper ready. Get your cell phone charged. Take the number down now. It is 0123341322. You can also drop comments on Facebook. Radio Pulpit Radio Console is the Facebook page. Shortly I will um I will share that to Central Baptist Church Pretoria as well as Pastor Mark Penrith. Um, you can send in a voice note onto WhatsApp or Telegram. The telephone number is 0826572729. If you are a twit, you can tweet on at 657am. Looking forward to speaking to you. I did say that on the controls this morning is Vusi, our co-laborer in this ministry. And today we are live on... 657 AM Radio uh, Pulpit. We are on 729 AM Radio Cape Pulpit. We are on Facebook uh, live streaming. If you want to see our video feed, uh, the Radio Pulpit Radio Console Facebook page. We are on DSTV channel 882 and OpenView channel 607. And we are streaming to our website www.radiopulpit.co.za or available on podcast during the week and afterwards. Um, Violet, it's good to see you uh, this morning, and you say good morning, Mark. It's good to see you and your guests. Great to have you with us as well. Friends, each week we do start off with a discussion 
Um, regarding the state of our nation, the state of our nation, we have that with 4SA. 4SA is Freedom of Religion South Africa. They are a legal advocacy organization which works to protect and promote your constitutional right to religious freedom in South Africa. And this morning, we are joined on the line by Daniela Ellebeck, who is an attorney of the High Court of South Africa. She served as a parliamentary liaison. She's a graduate from Rhodes University, and she has specialized in litigation. Daniela, it's so good to be joined with you this morning. Good morning. Always a pleasure to be with you and your listeners, Mark. Now, I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that Cape Town is bright and sunny this morning and you don't have load shedding, which means that you get to talk to us for the next uh, couple of minutes. Well, <laughs> I have to say we have load shedding. I'm currently on cell phone data, so we will see. Hopefully, there won't be any lags in the interview. Okay. Um, well, I, I actually, yeah, I actually I knew that. So that was a bit tongue in cheek. Uh, load shedding affects everyone, even the glorious Cape. Yes, it is a bit of a new experience for us, but we're we're soldiering on. <laughs> so, Daniela, in the United States case um uh, there's been some stuff happening in the courts uh, over the last while um and as we talk this morning we're talking really about the difference between the united states and south africa in the approach to religion in schools and in particular the vital role which is played by school governing bodies sbgs SBGs, no, SGBs, <laughs> SGBs uh, in our country and the opportunity to express and practice faith in our public schools. This is actually something that is really close to my heart, Daniela. It's something that we as churches have been able to leverage for the last number of years. Um, but maybe uh, talk to us. Uh, in this uh, United States case, there was a, a, a Carson versus a, a Mackin uh, in the state of Maine, America's most rural state with a public school shortage. Uh, it was uh, uh, about the giving of a general public funding benefit to private schools, but specifically excluding private religious schools. Um, what happened in that case in the States? So, Mark, uh, the Supreme Court of Appeal of the United States, um, which people will often see referred to as COTUS on social media, is America's top court. And it's been in the news recently following various judgments. Um, obviously, I think the biggest one that people might be aware of is the abortion one in Dobbs. But there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there have also been two other judgments that have had to do with religious freedom. So the case of Carson versus Macon <clears throat> and the state of Maine, which you mentioned, had to do with the state of Maine unfairly discriminating against private religious schools. Now, it's always interesting to look at how courts decide religious freedom matters in other countries or unfair discrimination matters in other countries and what their reasoning is. And in this case, the state of Maine's reasoning was that it couldn't give private religious schools access to the same funding it gave private secular schools because of America's constitution requiring that the state not endorse a specific religion. So, um, some listeners may know America's Constitution in the First Amendment has a clause um, known as the Establishment Clause that, that says that um, the state shall make a law that establishes a religion, basically saying, okay, in America, there's no such thing as state religion. And um, because of this, the state of Maine thought, okay, we can't give funding to private religious schools because we would be endorsing a specific religion then. Mm. Now, 
the school um, or parents who wanted to send their children to school and now you know weren't eligible for the funding that they would have been eligible for if they had sent their kids to another private school that wasn't religious, um, took the state to court. And the majority of the SCOTUS judges found that the state of Maine had unfairly discriminated against religious schools because it couldn't justify excluding certain members of the community, in this case, um, because of their religious beliefs, from a generally available public benefit. And that's kind of what the case boiled down to, is that you're giving everyone in the community this benefit, but you're specifically excluding religious people. That's unfair discrimination. Now, in South Africa, the situation would be similar if the state was going to give um, a general public benefit to people. Uh, then they wouldn't be able to discriminate against people because of their religious beliefs. Um, That would be seen as automatically unfair discrimination in our law. And both our Constitution and our Equality Act prohibit the state, or actually anyone else from that matter, from unfairly discriminating against people because of their religious beliefs. I, I, I mean, obviously good news for religious freedom in the states and you have highlighted that uh, in reality we have similar uh, a similar state um uh, uh, in South Africa in terms of um the, we, we can't be um uh, prohibited um or the, the 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 state or anyone else can't prohibit unfairly discriminate against people because of religious beliefs um, but what is the situation right now in regard to religion in schools in South Africa? So, Mark, first of all, South Africa is different from America in that we're not a secular state. Um, And religion is therefore allowed in public schools. And your right to religious freedom, your Section 15 right in the Constitution, it goes with you wherever you go. It attaches to you as a human right because you're a human being. You don't leave your human rights behind you when you close your front door in the morning. They go with you where you go. So, both students, or rather learners in the school context and teachers, parents who take that right with you onto the school grounds where you go. And in South Africa, there have been a number of situations where 4SA has gone involved to uphold the right to religious freedom in our public schools. So in the case of Carson and Mrs. Macon, we were dealing with unfair discrimination against private religious schools. Mm. Um, but turning briefly to public schools in South Africa, like I said, we're not a secular state, so religion is allowed in public schools, which is not, you know, the case exactly in America, without going into too much detail. And, for example, in South Africa, in um, the 2017 case of Oh God, Forest existed one, um, assisted one of the friends of the court, one of the amiki, uh, in that case, um, to help preserve the right to religious freedom in public schools. Now, in Oh God, it was a 2017 case where a secular organization brought a case against six public schools in the High Court in Gauteng and arguing that specific religious observances should be banned from schools. And if Oh God had succeeded, this would have meant that there would be freedom from religion in our public schools as opposed to freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference. Now, importantly, the court in this case um, say that religious freedom, the constitutional right to religious freedom, is allowed in public schools because public schools are in secular spaces. We're not a secular nation, um, but that it is necessary that public schools have a religious policy, which is where the SGBs, the school governing bodies, which is made up of um, different members, including parents, um, 
have an important role to play because the school governing bodies formulate the religious policy for every school. So religious observances and practices need to take place in terms of a religious policy that the SGB has formulated. They need to be observed on an equitable basis, which basically means, um, you know, even handedness, even handedness consideration for everyone in the school. And that um, it needs to be free and voluntary. Learners need to be able to choose whether or not to attend um, you know, such religious observances. So basically what we see in South Africa is in our public school context is almost the inverse. Whereas a public school can't align itself to a specific religion because it's a community asset. The pupils and learners who attend that school are free to express their religious beliefs and need to be given space to do that, which is wonderful. I mean, it really is wonderful. Uh, the church that I previously served in Benoni was able to work with four schools uh, in the suburb. We were able to um, read scripture. We were able to explain scripture. And then we were able to pray with children during assemblies. So that was four assemblies a week. And then we were able to go into those schools and during the breaks run a student Christian association meeting, uh, which really enabled us to disciple kids. We actually used fundamentals of the faith. Uh, um, as a, uh, a book that we had access to as a discipleship program uh, in those four schools. And out of that came at least one Christ Seminary student, Menzi Mohale, who was saved um, through that process, started attending church, you know, baptized, um, and, and has been faithfully serving a church in Soweto, Molotsane Baptist Church, uh, for the last number of years. So I'm really in favor of everything that you've been speaking to uh, uh, up until now, Daniela, um, I guess the big question then is, is what can parents do and how can they play a role? Because many of the listeners right now will be parents. Um, and, and how can they play a role in the school governing bodies in which they find themselves? I want to say get involved in the school governing bodies if mm. you're a parent. That is definitely a very important role you can play because, again, you get a say in different aspects so for example if we're talking about comprehensive sexuality education you can have a say towards the school management team about what books to use for that um, when it comes to religious observances in schools you can have a say and help draft the religious policy for that school so you have a very important role to play as a parent um, when you're on the school governing body yes. so i would actively urge parents to run for school governing body elections when those happen next i believe they're in march 2024 um, and perhaps a good place to start with when it comes to the role of parents is that even the Department of Basic Education's official white paper on education states that parents have the primary responsibility for the education of their children and that, and I quote, they have inalienable right to choose the form of education which is best for their children. So it is imperative if even the government recognizes that you have a right, that you actually use that right. So I would say get involved in the school governing bodies because they were established counter to the system that we had under apartheid where we had state schools, not public schools, yes. which are community assets, but state schools uh, where the government had complete control over every aspect of education. With SGBs, it's a partnership between the parents and the school management team and the government. And the school seen as a community asset. So get involved. You have an important role to play there. Um, even the government recognizes that important role. So definitely run for school governing body elections. Uh, 
Uh, absolutely, and and many of the people that are listening right now will be um, some will be pastors, some will be uh, parents of kids, um, and really take an active role, take an active interest in what your school governing body is doing, because they can sculpt what's happening on the ground on a Wednesday during assembly. Um, they they can take a hand in sculpting what's happening during that time. They can take a hand in in sculpting what's happening even during breaks in terms of exposing kids. Uh, to good biblical content and so uh, find out who your SGB members are and uh, lobby them uh, for the sake of Christ on uh, in your kids school uh, that would be a great place to start Daniela um, even as we bring this to a close I have no doubt that many um, uh, listeners would be interested both in this conversation but in other conversations which you guys are presently having in terms of the relationship between the church and the state and how religious freedom is affected in this country country um can i just tell people how to find out more about you guys um if you're listening right now and you want to find out more about freedom of religion south africa you can go to their website it is 4sa that's f-o-r-s-a.org.za if i remember correctly and that will get you to the freedom of religion website on the website there is on the front page a, a a kind of a tiled um a slider which will give you all the hot news where you can click and get more information on particular things um, you can also sign up on that page to a newsletter which comes out regularly um, which will give you uh, information relaying, relating to what uh, freedom of religion is presently um, discussing and what they are presently uh, motivating and working on uh, whether that be in the courts or through lobby mechanisms um, and you can also follow them on social media that would be freedom of religion uh, that's the whole word freedom and of religion South Africa uh, on Facebook and I'm guessing you're on other social media as well but I'm old enough I need to use Facebook <laughs> are you on Twitter and are you on Instagram Daniela not as far as A, uh, though okay. we have started using Twitter recently. Okay. Um, but yeah, not consistently yet. As, so soon, as soon as you want to, the best. As soon as you want to start talking to my daughters who are in that eighteen to twenty-five year old uh, age gap, you're going to have to go to Instagram. But until the until then, Twitter and Facebook is how you will find freedom of religion, South Africa. Daniela, thank you so much for the conversation this morning. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thank you for the privilege. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.